Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores! There are three ways you can support the show. We're available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm your host, Mark, and welcome back for episode 35 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Andy Moog edition. Whether you're a continued supporter or a new listener of the show, we ask that you please give us a comment and rating on iTunes or any podcatcher you currently use. Uh, now time to welcome aboard my co-host, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, how are we doing today? I am very good. But awesome. I think I think you're doing a bit better. Well aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I celebrated my uh my forty first birthday last night and I did it in style and um I'm I'm okay today but I was paying for it this morning. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I had a buddy of mine take me hostage, and we went out and had a couple drinks at the local uh, club, and um, the shots were being bought left and right, and that's what did it to me. So by 6.30 or 7 o'clock, my wife Courtney says that I was passed out snoring. So, oh, God. Yeah, I was hyping up yeah. since like 2 or 3 o'clock this morning doing some writing and, and some research, so I haven't been... But... It was a good a good breakfast today, and um, and I'm glad to be with you when talking hockey on my forty first birthday. Yeah, happy birthday! Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that, and thank you for everybody that's reached out either on Facebook or Twitter. I really appreciate the uh, the comments. So, uh, with that being said, we got to talk. Get right into it uh, with some Bruins talk and some uh, 
hockey last week. I, in my opinion, I wasn't overly impressed with the week. Um, besides the win in Buffalo yesterday, uh, the three to two shootout loss to the Flyers on Tuesday night. Um, that was a tough one to swallow. I thought after the four to one Bruins win on Sunday against Tampa Bay, they would be a little and a day of rest. They'd be a little more yeah. up for the uh, for the Flyers game, and I, I thought that that was uh, at times a bit flat. And I yeah. thought they should have won that game. Yeah, but we we came up against another hot goaltender. Yeah, yeah, like, Steve, like we have been doing most of the season. Yeah, Steve Mason really. He just I don't know where he comes from, but I mean, he 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 does have big games against the Bruins that I've seen in the past. Yeah. So. And I, I think I jinxed it when I messaged you. <laughs> I, I said, "Don't worry, it'll choke later on in the game." Yeah, right. And there was just there was no choke. <laughs> that guy, that guy played great. But usually, he's known for like, if if it's a team who puts up a lot of shots, he'll start to get tired, and then he'll not be as good. But there was just none of that from him. He just kept playing amazingly. So, yeah, but. On on the other end, Tukaras played just as well as him. He did, and and uh, that save in overtime against Claude Giroux was just insane. Yeah, yeah like that sick. got me up out of my seat. At, I think it was about quarter past four in the morning, <laughs> and I was out of my seat, shouting my head off in my front room. So I'm sure my neighbours appreciated that. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You're a Bruins fan, so yellow way. Oh, yeah. You got to do it. Um, what a, since we, I'm not going to move on to the Carolina game yet, but I have the, the, the Flyers game, and I hate shootouts. I, I, I just don't. You know what? It's a part of the game. I understand that, but it's just it's just useless to me. It's, it's more of a yeah. one-on-one. You know, it's not a team thing like the previous 60 minutes were. Or the or the sixty five yeah. minutes, wherever the overtime. But I, I gotta I gotta go back, and I gotta think about that game, and I say the shootout lineup. I I, I just yeah. I shake my head sometimes when when Julian puts out his lineup like that. I do you have yeah, any with the stronger guys? Yeah, it's like he he puts the stronger guys as the extra, like players after the first three. Uh, I I don't understand it. Like I saw a tweet. Uh, I think it was Stanley Cup of Chowder that tweeted it. Said that if Marshand had been in the first three, we'd have won. We'd have got two points. Right. I, so, I know. No, it, I'm I'm just a guy that sits at a desk and I'm talking in a microphone. You're basically yeah. the same thing, but you're three thousand miles away. But he is. I don't get what he's thinking on the bench. And I understand. You know, it. He's the coach, and that's what he gets paid to do. But. If you want that two points, wouldn't you think that you put your best players? And I mean, Martian sat, Zarnik, which, yeah. which has a, an absolutely ridiculous release. I don't know about his numbers yeah. in the shootout, but those players I would have put first, and then put your heavy guys on the back end when you when you you know scratching away at trying to get the uh, that extra point. There's three guys that have my my first three guys. Would be David Pasternak first, Ryan Spooner second, and then Brad Marsh on third. Because, go. like, Pasternak has the skills to score on every breakaway. So, giving him a free chance on a shootout shot 
is great. Uh, Ryan Spooner does the same thing every time, but no goalie can stop it with that wrist shot. Like every time, it's just top corner. Uh, and then Brad Marchand's Brad Marchand, and he just excels in the shootout and the. So, I mean, I, I know some coaches say that they like to have the the guys who they know are going to score as the extra guys in the like kind of um like when it's like one on one and if someone scores and the other doesn't then uh it you get a win but i, th- I think they like to leave it, leave guys a bit later on to see where the goalie what the goalie's doing so you can choose your move if you know what i mean cuz if a goalie's like not if he's coming out too deep you want to go around him and not shoot whereas if the guy's staying closer in his net and closer to the goal line, you're going to want to shoot when you come in. So it's always good to have them more experienced guys later, but you want someone in there that's going to score a goal early on. Yeah. You don't want the pressure on you when it's when it's like one-on-one. You just want to get it done quick, get it over with. I, I still don't think there should be a shootout. I think they should just extend three-on-three three over time, M- maybe make it ten minutes because... I mean, every game looks like it's going to finish in overtime. Right. And if it had that extra minute or two, it would. So, but I don't think you can ever get rid of the shootout because it's part of the game now. So. Yeah, the, the NHL wants sucks. a winner every night. Yeah. You know, there's no extra time, people trying to get home and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. And the only problem is... You're probably going to get a lot more injuries with if you keep playing three on three over time until someone scores. Right. Like, we, we've seen it in playoffs, haven't we? Like people getting injured because they're going too hard in overtime and they're too tired. So I don't know. Well, continue the shootout madness with the uh, two to one win in uh, at the TD Garden against the Carolina Hurricanes. And wow, was that just a flat! flat game I I just no heart no passion these are teams you need to beat in 60 minutes you cannot go um, an extra 5 minutes and into a shootout with a team like this and I apologize for the interference I'm in a new house and it's everything's going weird so I'm trying to sort it out yeah we'll work um, on that yeah definitely uh uh, yeah, it it was just a it was just a flat game. It just just felt boring watching them. It didn't look like they were trying. Didn't look like the team that played at Tampa anyway. It's Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, we just we need more effort out of the guys later on in games, and it doesn't seem to be there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Even some of the veteran guys aren't really pushing it. The guys that you want to see, and you you did see like all of last season, they were the guys pushing it, and some of the other guys weren't. So um, it's going to happen. We're going to have games like that, but it just sucks that it's against a team that we know we can beat. Yep, like yep. Carolina should be getting beat every single night by the Bruins. Right. And just like like you said earlier, you know, you, you run into a hot goaltender, and Cam Wood basically stood on his head that night too. Oh yeah. So, um, but 
uh, on the bright side of that, and I've been slamming this guy on social media and, and on the podcast recently, but it was good to see backup goaltender Anton Hudobin finally get a, a win on the year. And it was a good win as well. It wasn't like he didn't really do much. It was quite a good game for him. But Yeah, he did. He, I mean, played, he played well. Like I've seen you say, it's not like, let's not give him the Vesna yet. It's, it's one win. We right. need to see more from him. Right. A lot more. Yeah, I mean, I like the guy. I like the guy. I think he's a good goaltender, but he's just not shown it this season. He's been really poor. Even when he was down in Providence, he was really poor. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely got to step it up, and he's got to prove that he's worth that two-year deal. And if he doesn't step up and do that, then the only way we can get rid of him is by buying him out because no team's going to trade for him. Yeah, the one thing that worries me, and, and you know, I, I, want, I want him to be better. I want him to be a better goaltender for the purpose of resting Rask. Yeah. And we need, this, this Bruins team needs him. This is a crucial time right now um, when games are just going to be, there's like so many games and back-to-backs in, in the month of December. And he's going to have oh, yeah. to get into a lot of these games and play outstanding and, and, and get, you know, be the backbone for a two point night. So, because um, yep. I mean, the team right now is 14, 10, and 1 with 29 points. They're third in the Atlantic, which is a good sign. They're climbing and seventh in the East. So, I'd like to keep but it we, like that. But there's hard games ahead. Oh. Really hard games. Absolutely. Uh, th- this month is kind of a killer month i'd say oh yeah i'm looking um, at one two three there's three back-to-back games three back-to-backs yeah yeah one like you got washington colorado yep next week which i mean washington's going to be a hard game and it's going to tire a lot of the players out and then you're going into colorado where they got such speedy players that's going to be a killer so you like you want your backup to play one of them games, you can't have Rask play both of them. Right. Because he's going to face, whoever's in net is going to face a lot of shots. And then the week after, you got Pittsburgh-Anaheim, which yeah. that's one Double of the back-to-backs whammy of that you're gonna, Yeah, you're going to hate it. It, it. That is going to be a horrible back-to-back. Because if you lose the first one against Pittsburgh, then you've got Anaheim with the heavy-hitting team coming straight at you the next night. So... And I mean, and then you got uh, Florida, Carolina yep. at the end of the month, I think it is. And that that's another one, like both quite young teams, both good goaltending. I mean, it's going to be difficult, but it it's just, it's a really bad month for, for the schedule, I think. And for some of the teams we're going to face as well. Right. Because a lot of the teams that last year, sucked and we'd happily take two points off them don't suck this year and they're going to be tough games yeah they're going to be the spoilers oh yeah well i mean teams like toronto teams like well we got montreal uh we got we've had three we've got three games this month against buffalo one just being and then two at the end of the month yeah i mean this is going to be a killer yeah and to and to go with the buffalo thing uh they played on saturday last night uh i'm sorry yesterday afternoon uh in a matinee in buffalo and came away with a a, a decent two to one win 
And I gotta tell you, man, that Buffalo team, those kids, those guys can move. Oh yeah, that was a lot. That was a fast game. It was good to see Jack Eichel back on the ice. Uh, North Chelmsford, Massachusetts kid. Um, yeah, I was impressed. And he just he brings energy into the team. Oh yeah. Like look look at how they look with him compared to how they look without him, and they play ten times better when he's in the lineup. Yep. So that was a tight game. Uh, another yeah. Another outstanding effort from Tuka Rask. Continues, just absolutely continues to amaze me. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing a lot less abuse for Tukaresque this season than you yeah. did last season. I mean, there's there's no way you can say he's having a bad season. Right. That guy is standing on his head night in, night out. We need to make and, some money. I mean, yeah. We need to make some money I on mean, this show because I want a soundboard because I'd be hitting the cricket button right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at the losses that he's had and a lot of them have been like what one one or two goal losses nothing yep. really major but there's a few bad games that he's had yeah. but i mean it, it outweighs it completely with the amount of great games he's had so i think this year goaltending's not really been an issue other than the backup which is the same problem we've had for the last mm-hmm. four years oh yeah so yep. bringing in you know low money contract entry level deals because of the the salary cap so freaking tight all the time. I think it's definitely something they need to address come draft day. Mm. They need. I mean, you've got Dan Vladar. He's probably gonna, like I've said in the past, he's gonna play in Providence next year, no doubt about it. But I mean, you need if Dan Vladar is gonna become the next backup later on down the line in two years' time when Hudobin's contract goes, then. Who's the next goalie along? Yeah. Because we can't be doing this one goalie, and then when it doesn't work out, you've got to start with a fresh with a new goalie. Like, mm-hmm. no, we need them in the pipeline ready for when they're needed. So I think goaltending is definitely something that needs to be addressed. Defense has been addressed. Forwards have been addressed. So it's yeah. time to get some decent goaltenders. No, that's, that, that's a great point. Um, and gee, I'm going to start looking into um, the availability of goaltenders um, in the minor well, system. So, yeah, who was the guy um, that trained with them uh, this season? Oh, uh, Stephen Dillon. Uh, he played. Yeah. Uh, he did play uh, a full season. And you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. I believe it was Niagara of the Ontario Hockey League and was a camp yeah. invite, and I, I thought I was kind of impressed, and he was 17 years old. And yes, yeah. yes, listeners, 17-year-olds can attend a development camp. They just can't play in the game. Yeah. So well, yeah, I, I, thought, I, mean... I, I thought he looked really good. Uh, he he really paid attention to Bob Asenza. Uh He was he was real vocal. He, it, it's you know the kids constantly learning. So uh, maybe that's an option to bring him in, see how he works, and uh, if he's available for the draft, uh, you know keep a keep a close uh, eye on him. Yeah, and then you've got um, what's the goaltender called? Is it Skinner, the guy who's projected to go like first round. 
I can't remember what his name is, but right. the, I know there's a couple of high round goaltenders that should be available. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want another Malcolm Subban. Though. I don't want to waste a first no, round. No, 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 don't do that. And maybe, yeah. You know, I, I mean, goaltenders aren't really doing that these days. It's more second, third round picks. Yeah, I mean, just so. just look at Ladar to get a gauge, and it was. <clears throat> He was a third-round pick, and he was the second-highest-ranked European goaltender. So I thought that was a steal at that time. Oh, yeah, that that definitely is. Especially when, when you address your main factors that they wanted to with the first and second-round picks. When you bring in them guys that you needed, and then you use your third-round pick for someone like him. That, that is great drafting, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, the the week ahead is um, is going to be like you like you mentioned earlier. Uh, they got the Florida Panthers uh, tomorrow night at seven p.m. at TD Garden. Then they are in Washington on Wednesday night. Um, I'm assuming just by looking at the time, it's an eight o'clock game, and it's going to yep. be an NBC rivalry night because the Bruins and Washington have such a big rivalry. And. <laughs> And then uh, uh, another game, they've come back to the TD Garden on Thursday night to play the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche haven't been doing very good this year. I believe they're last in the league. Um, I could be wrong on that, but those it's going to be a tough game regardless, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And around off the four-game week is Saturday night at 7 o'clock at TD Garden against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And... That's going to be an interesting game. Um, is this the first time we've played Toronto? No, it's not. This will be the second. No. Okay. Yeah. I was going to and say. Uh, Colorado are in dead last 19 points. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. So 9-3-1. Well, yep. That's, uh, that's going to be a tough game, though. I never like playing bottom of the league teams because they're looking for that that one win to get them going. Well, they get a lot of injuries. Um, they get a lot of injuries, yeah, they too. Pl- Every team that's down there, though, is, they play hard. I mean, look at Buffalo. Uh, they've only got 23 points. They've been playing real hard against teams yep. that are near the top of the table. So it, it's one of them. Like You could see us destroy both Pittsburgh and Washington but lose to a team like Colorado because they want <laughs> that win so badly. It doesn't. It doesn't that always seem like that's the it's it's the way things happen sometimes. Like you can come out and just beat the crap out of a team like Tampa Bay, and then yep. you know, well, hopefully, we get a win against Montreal. But then you play a team that is just like absolutely terrible, and they it makes them look like they're they're ready for a Stanley Cup playoff run. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, embar- it's embarrassing. Actually, it's just I mean that to me that that that's coaching. Um, I remember I remember last year I said to my friend, there is no way we lose to the Oilers this season. And I think it was the first game against the Oilers we lost. And I said, yep, that, that's never good. Right. And they were playing so bad at the time. So, I mean, but they they seem to have turned themselves around lately anyway. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of them. I, I hate playing bottom of the league teams, but playing some teams that are on fire I don't mind playing because they look like they look a bit more beatable than the lower teams so so good well 
and the, this is the unfortunate part of the of the show, and I hate doing this every week, but the list on the injury report has grown by one player, and unfortunately, it was uh, Matt Bolesky on yesterday's game took a really strange. It wasn't a full hit. He kind of like pivoted away, but I think it was the way he might have landed. Um, but he is out with a lower body injury. And that hurts. I mean, Matt Belusky hasn't been t- really tearing it up, but he's been just been playing with a lot of heart. And I believe, you know, he's 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 constantly in the dirty areas. Um, he's really trying hard, but does the little things right. It's just not falling into place. Right, exactly. You know, he's just a, a bit of a slump right now. But I mean, I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at Belusky, John Michael Lyles, Zdeno Chara. And Achari and Frank Petrano, and that's a lot of talent that we're missing right now. But I mean, Chara's back skating with the team, but he's probably he's apparently going to miss the next game. So he, so he's not going to play against Florida, but could be ready for the back-to-backs in the middle yeah. of the week. So so that'll be good to get him back because. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says about Chara. He is a presence out there, and he is really doing a good job this season. This, yeah, I, t- I told you a couple times. This, you know, I've been nothing but, uh, you know, trashing him. But, you know, he's, he is getting older. He is losing this step. But this year, I'm seeing a different player, and I think I think it's the emergence of Brandon Carlo. You know, when they when they're paired together, you're seeing great things. But, you know, and then other people are talking, and it's like, okay, well, now you have Chara out for this many games. What are you going to do when you lose him when his contract's over? You know, that's, and and it's, it's, it is a good question. If you can't win now without him, what are you going to do when you seriously don't have him? Oh, yeah. But it's whether he retires at the end of that contract or not. Right. I mean and, that. I, I I've been saying for so long. I can see him wanting to keep going. You know what I mean. I just I, don't. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I don't think it is. And I really but, hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. But I but mean, just just for the cap reasons. Yeah. If he comes down don't, to being a million be, dollar uh, player, okay, you're welcome. Oh yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <though>. I know. <laughs> Re- retiring players want a big payday when it's like when they say, "Okay, last year." Yeah, but he's like that's. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got other skills in other areas of life. You know, he did take a test on on um, realty realtors, so he can yeah. sell houses. But take the pay cut. But I, I just don't see him yeah. resigning. I think they move on because the emergence of players like Jeremy Lawson and uh, Jakob Sporrell and, you know, McAvoy and, and, and the others in the NCAA are going to be knocking on the door too. And, of course, they're going to come in at low entry-level deals and be yeah. a little more cap-friendly. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a lot better without that $7 million on the table. Sure. So... I'm not going to say I can't wait till he leaves, but I'm excited to see what they do with his cap space. Especially if they're going to replace one of the roster spots with an entry-level deal, because that gives you a lot of spending money come free agency. Here's a, 
Here's a funny one that I gotta bring up. Did you see the panic? The the absolute panic on Friday when people found out that Patrice Bergeron was not at practice. Oh yeah. I, I and the worst part was that at the same time Anton Bleed got called up. So I know. that sent everyone into more of a frenzy. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Everything I saw, people reaching out to me again, like, oh my god. What's matter? What's the matter with Bergie? What's going on? It's like, it's a maintenance day. The guy's yeah. a vet. Yeah. It, there's no game yeah, tonight. It's off. an off day. <laughs> and it just went. Yeah. It just. It just went absolutely crazy. And and there was a website. I I really don't like mentioning websites because I don't want anything to come back on me. But there's a certain one out there that I think started the panic. And. They wrote an article, and it's like, oh, my God. I was just like, geez, this is this is terrible. There's no indication in any of the games last week that you saw him go down or, you know, that he's not going to be able to play or do anything. So why yeah. write an article just to – I swear people just do it for clicks. Oh, yeah, it's total clickbait, but, I mean – you always wait until you see either a tweet or a Facebook post or something off the Bruins that says something about it. Don't just go, oh my God, he's got to be injured. No, it ain't Wednesday. day. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> like, if he doesn't show up at practice tomorrow, then worry. But no. Yeah. Uh, and Bergeron, you're never going to see him do something like that where he's just straight out and nothing's said because right. people will notice. So if it were one of the, the the bottom six guys, I could see them not really saying anything. Mm -hmm. But with someone like Bergeron, no way. They'd say something straight away as soon as he got injured because they wouldn't want it getting leaked. Because that's how the Bruins are. Yeah, right. So, well, um... plus, plus they'd just turn around and go, it's either upper body or lower body, day to day. <laughs> <laughs> week to you week. won't find out anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's just day to day, but he could be out for the next six months. So, yeah. But it's I, day to day. I still love that all this time that Chara has been out this season. I think it's going. Is this now? If he misses Monday's game against the Panthers, is that six straight or seven? Uh, six. Okay. I think. All right. And they still they still list him as a lower body. So yeah, that's and just. I'd like to know crazy. what's the matter with him. Either it's his knee or his hip. You know what I mean? Where are we gonna yeah. go with this? And because you want to know as well, because if it's something that he's had problems with before, is it gonna last longer? Right. Is it something that's reoccurring? Like, it's just stupid that they don't tell you more on the injury de like details. And even even the guys who are like interviewing them players themselves never get to find out right so it is just it is stupid <laughs> i think there should be more clarity with everything but that's probably a jacob's move i think well it, it's, kind it's, of it's, it's a lot keep everyone right. guessing all right like i'm gonna take a look at the at the arizona coyotes all right clayton keller it says lower body craig cunningham is former brewing craig cunningham and we and we yeah. all hope that he gets better. Oh, yeah. That was a scary thing to read about him collapsing and so on. And I meant to say something a couple podcasts ago, but but he's undisclosed, so they still don't know what's wrong with him. But like Brad Richardson, the leg. Dave Boland, the back. 
there's other teams that disclose th- their stuff. Like the Buffalo Sabres, they have a list. And it's groin, yeah. knee, knee, neck, foot, groin, back. You know, I mean, are they really afraid that uh, uh, an, uh, an opponent player is going to target? Like I say, if, if they came out with a Chara saying he's got a knee injury, are they really going to go after him? Like, yeah. Does Chris Neal come off and slash him in the knee? Right. Yeah. So. And I only say Chris Neal because it's, it's Chris Neal. Yeah, right, of course, a, he'll do he's some. He's a jerk. I don't like that yeah. guy. <laughs> and he's playing on a line with Chris Kelly. Can you believe it? Yeah, right. <laughs> that is just crazy. Yeah, I think like a year or two ago, Kelly would have killed him. Now, best friends. That's that is crazy. And I mean, I the other day when the Bruins weren't playing, I put the Ottawa game on, and that was just so crazy to watch. Like I couldn't believe that they're playing on the same line together. But still weird that Kelly's no longer in Boston. Right. So, yeah. We got something better. We got a Dominic Moore. Well, yeah. So, it's we good. Up, upgrade. Yep. And the guy actually upgrade. scores goals, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, last night in uh, Hockey Night in Canada, um, Elliot Friedman was on the show and came on and said that Ryan Spooner... He heard Ryan Spoon is on the block. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. So is it time for the Bruins to, are they in panic mode right now with a Chara injury to try to move a player to get a defensive asset in case this injury? I mean, I know Chara's skating. And he's and he's doing what he can to get back. But if this is something that is going to be lingering, do you think this would be a move to get a guy in for the you know the longevity of the season and to you know really push for that playoff spot? Um, I don't know because I've seen Spooner's on the block and Hayes is on the block. And well, I, I'm only I'm, seen... I'm only going to break it down to players that actually have value. To yeah. other teams, yeah, I mean, I mean, you could put you could put Jimmy Hayes on the block, and I'm not sure but if you're going to get a ton yeah. for him. Oh yeah, but um, you might get uh, Brett Connolly back though. That might be a good good oh, swap. You um, love the Connolly guy, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, that guy's that guy's got talent. But um, no, yeah, he had a two goal game last night, didn't he? Or the or Friday night? Well, there you go. Yeah. Two goal game. <laughs> that guy must be worth two first round picks. Right there. Oh my god. Um, but no, uh, Ryan Spooner for a defenseman. I, I just don't see it happening. Like every every writer and everyone who's ever talked about Ryan Spooner being in a possible trade has always been Ryan Spooner, a young prospect and a first round pick. And I wouldn't want to give that up for a guy who's only going to be around for a year or half a year. Like you never know if the guys, you you got to think that they'll target uh, either a UFA or an RFA come the end of the season. So you're saying You've, you're saying ride it out, work yeah, on what because, we have, and then and then adjust over you the got summer. The expansion draft, yeah, you got the expansion draft coming. I mean, this player's going to be gone. Do you really want to get pick up a guy who you can't protect? 
and then because you're leaving someone else unprotected so just ride out this year look what's available in free agency if no one's available to come up through the system and then go from it that way because there are there are going to be available players in uh, free agency yeah. because with this whole with this whole Vegas team I think a lot of players that are going to free agency might see money in Vegas but it's whether Vegas wants them so they might test free agency just to see if they can get a payday from Vegas. So no pun and then intended, the Bruins right? can offer them. Well, yeah, <laughs> many puns intended. You got but, that uh, money thing going on in Vegas. I had to throw that one in. <laughs> oh yeah, I wonder like what their salary cap will be. Do you think it'll be like three hundred million dollars? Oof. No. <laughs> Oof. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be a. It's going to be a difficult one. I, I I just don't see, I don't see them moving Spooner for a good deal. Like I can't, unless he totally surprises us and Sweeney pulls a rabbit out of the hat and just, I, I can't see it happening. I really can't. What do you think? I, I'd like to, I'd like to definitely sure up the defense. Um, you know. With guys on the contract, I know the McQuaid and the and the Miller, blah blah blah, but I'd like to see one more guy in there. As much as I've enjoyed watching Joe Morrow play this season, it's been limited, but he's still the seventh guy that's going to be taking a lot of games off and watching from the press box. Um, yeah. I, I'd like to see somebody come in on a bigger role. And play, but now that my idea is just totally squashed because you brought up the expansion draft, and I totally forgot about that and protected players. Yep. So uh, it's going to be a tough one, regardless. And it's going to be an interesting yeah. summer with the draft, the expansion draft, and um, free agency. I'm not sure. I, I really, really wish um, General Fanager, my favorite site didn't pack up and go to Las Vegas. You heard about yeah. that, right? Uh, no. Yeah, the guy that was does uh, generalfanager.com, which is a yeah. which was a, the best site for me as a writer to get any salary cap information. He he told people, I, I heard him on the Steve Dangle podcast, which is a great podcast by the way and I highly I recommend it. But he told people, I will never sell out. I'll never do this and that. And then all of a sudden, Vegas comes and they offer him a ton of money. And he closes the site and goes to uh, uh, management. So now we have to deal. Yeah, yeah. Now we have to deal with other sites like NHL Numbers. And um, there's another one I work on that I can't can't remember which one it is. But yeah, Um, I lost what I was going to say. But, um, oh, something I was going to say is how good has Kevin Miller played this week? There's a lot of chatter. I mean... A lot of chatter about Miller. Yeah. That guy looks good. Like, I mean, the game against Philly looked really good. I I remember I paused my TV a couple of times to check, like, rewind and check out a play that he did. Because I know at one point, he was pinching down the boards and the guy had managed, uh, one of their players had managed to pull the puck out and turn and start the breakout. And Miller, as fast as he could, turned around, busted his ass and got back to 
make it a two on two instead of a two on one. And I mean, he's he's just he's played really good with Carlo. He's been good on his offside. Um, but that that's what I wanted to see from a guy like that, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to see from Adam McQuaid when when there's players out injured you've got to step up and fill in roles and a guy like McQuaid doesn't really do that I yep. mean he is that team player and he does stick up for his teammates and do all that but at the same time you don't see the effort there from him. well you don't see the skill set there from him that he can step up and play a higher role Right. but you do with Kevin Miller that's why I think Kevin Miller's contract is worth it for the Bruins not for a different team like I don't see any way that they're going to be able to trade that guy. But at the same time, the contract is good for us because he does play with a lot more grit when there's players out hurt or he's got to fill in for like a couple of shifts. He does play with a lot of heart. So it is good to see. No, it is good to see. I, I will definitely admit that. Um, uh, any you know, any players like that that step it up on, on, a, on a pretty – I'm gonna say weak right now. Just, just, and I'm not trashing, but I'm gonna say weak defense. There's still a lot of work to do. It's still a work in progress, and it's not yeah. gonna. I don't believe it. Even if I get what I want, and they do make a trade to shore up that that defensive core, I don't believe that is enough. I believe it's gonna take a lot more than that to get to, yeah. you know, where you absolutely want to as an NHL franchise, but. You know, we gotta do we gotta deal what we got, so Yep. What else did I have? Um, I think that was it. But um how about I think some... it's uh, prospect talk time. Prospect talk. I stole your line from you, you did too. <laughs> it's my birthday, you're not supposed to steal shit from me today. Well remember that next year. Well yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. All right. The uh, the Providence Bruins they are eight six four and three with twenty three points. They've been playing well lately. They've have uh, got twelve points out of the last eight games, uh, and they are fifth in the Atlantic, eighth in the Eastern Conference. And I took some quick notes um, uh, in the AHL. I know Peter Mueller isn't a prospect, but. Um, he does have a two-way contract, so I kind of put him in that same role. But last week, he got three goals and three assists for six points. Um, it was a two-goal night Friday night. And what a game on Friday night. Unbelievable game. I'll get back, I'll get to that um, with the next player. But the season, he's got 16 games played. He's got seven goals, six assists, 13 points. Um, the next one, Danton Heinen, last week had two goals, two assists, four points. And on Friday night, he had his best game I've ever seen him play, NHL, AHL, or uh, the University of Denver. He got a power play goal in the first period and a shorthanded goal in the second period against Binghamton. And what a game. Unbelievable game that guy that kid played. Uh, the baby bees beat Binghamton six to two, and it was just a really good, really good offense. Probably the best game I've seen all season. Yeah. So he he's looking good. Um, and Zane McIntyre, um, 
a lot of people were really pissed off when he went down to the East Coast Hockey League. We talked about the move and why it was made last week. He joined the team on Friday night and had a 31 save, uh, 6-2 win against Binghamton. The season in the AHL, he hasn't spent a lot of time there, but he's got decent numbers. He's 2-0. He's got a sub-1, an actual 0.92 goals against average, and a 961 save percentage. So he's looking That's good. good. Yeah, it's great yeah. to see. And Malcolm Subban, on the other hand, is not having a good year. He is just he has one win on the season. I think he's like one and six, one and seven, um, below eight ninety save percentage, and hovering around four goals, um, goals against. So. Against, yeah. That's not good to see. Nope, not at all. But I'm sure that'll be addressed sometime this summer. Oh yeah. Especially with it being a contract year. Yeah, for both of them, McIntyre and Subban, yeah. they're both RFA's, so they're going to have um, negotiation rights. I believe it's. Um, do you do you know when RFA's have to like sign by? I think it's, it's in September. Yeah, I think it's September the first, isn't it? Okay, because right. I think they do it for the first day of September. Right, so they can they can hold off negotiations until then, but. Yeah. I don't, at this point, I don't know which one to keep. With with, I mean, you're gonna have to have somebody with Vodar. Well, yeah. But so. at this rate, I'd go with McIntyre. Subban's gonna play like this. Yeah, I I'd have to say that myself. But it's still tough to yeah. give away that first round pick. You know what I mean? It's just. Ugh. Oh yeah. Ugh. It is, but it, it's at the same time it's business, and it's it's happened before. Yep. Look at Joe Colburn. Look at um, yeah. Yeah. I I always forget his name. Why am I forgetting his name now? Um, uh, I know I, Zach Hamill. Yeah, and and the guy who played for us a few years ago. He was on our fourth line for ages, and I always forget his name because he sucked that bad. Jordan Curran. Oh yeah, Joe, oh my God, I forgot go. about him. <laughs> wow. They hung on to him forever. Yeah, that that name just totally went, and <laughs> I could not remember that guy's name for anything. Oh. Well, wow. Speaking of number one that... picks, the uh, in the OHL with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, Zach Senishin is lighting it up lately. He's been a very pl- a pleasure to watch. I've caught a couple of his games last week, um, especially Friday night's game. Uh, after going pointless in Wednesday's game against Windsor, he snapped a seven-game point streak, but responded on Friday night scoring all four goals in a 4-3 overtime win against the Barry Colts. What an unbelievable game. I just I was just floored by his performance. And it's really good to see him um, after a pretty rough summer health-wise. And uh, he, I thought he had a good training camp with the Bees after his uh, epidectomy, but um, he... he his first 13 games in the back in the in Canadian Juniors weren't all that great, and it's just nice to see him produce in offensive numbers. So uh, look for him to be in the NHL or AHL next year. It's uh, good to see that they gave him a year, like another year in juniors. Oh, I agree. I think, I think that was definitely the right idea to do. Yep, and and it, the one thing that it's like I'm I'm very I'm a very prospect guy and 
what they did with David Pasternak was probably a good idea, but burning yeah. burning a year of of entry level, you know, is kind of uh, it's kind of sketchy for me. Yeah. But, yeah, it is, but at the same time, Pasternak was definitely ready. Oh yeah, yeah, no like, doubt about that. Yeah. So. Uh, going to the Q Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jakub Sporo served a five-game suspension for a hit to the head in a game against um, the Mockton Wildcats on November 20th, and he is able to come back in today's game against Gatineau at 4 p.m., so uh, look for his return soon. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Jeremy Lawson last week had three assists in three games. Uh, he's um, got two goals, nine assists, 11 points in 12 games. He's looking good, too. And another guy with a, with some uh, uh, another hat trick on Friday night, uh, Jesse Gabriel in the Western Hockey League. Prince George Cougars uh, had four goals in a game against the Victoria Royals. He, last week, he had... Uh, he had three goals against the Royals, but last week he had four goals, one assist, five points. He is 16, 11, 27, and 23 games played. He's not, I keep talking about him every week, but if he keeps yeah, putting that stats I think up, he's, yeah. if he keeps like, putting he's the stats the, up, uh, I got to freaking talk, to, talk about him. He's the uh, prospect to watch for this podcast, I think. Yep. I think he's both of our favorite prospects down there. So. I believe so. I believe so. I mean, yeah. he's 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 getting the um, the comparison of of a Martian, and I I like I, I like that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the the right guy to compare him to. Yep. So in the NCAA, uh, Jakob Forsbacher Carlson at Boston University uh, snapped a seven game goalless streak with a, a goal on Friday night against Providence. Uh, he's got three goals, 10 assists, 13 points in 14 games. Charlie McAvoy is currently on a three-game point streak with three assists in his last three games. And got to give it up to uh, Anders Bjork. Um, he's also becoming a, one of my favorites to keep an eye on. He had two goals on Friday night. And an assist in last night's game uh, when they played uh, Massachusetts. Uh, both games were at home in Massachusetts, so he played well this weekend. That's all I got. That's that's good. Everyone yeah. seems to be playing pretty well. Then. Yeah, things are looking good. Um, you're not seeing a lot of movement. I mean, Ryan Lindgren. He's a defenseman that Bruins picked up over the summer and at the draft. Uh, he's yeah. got he's got decent game, um, but just uh, I think he got his first goal uh, yeah. or his first assist over the weekend. So I know he's not having the best of times, but R- right. Th- that's how you pro- like that's how you progress as a player. You right. have to go through the rough times and get find your own game. So it's always going to happen, but. He's also like a more of a shutdown defenseman, so yeah. you're not expecting to see the massive points from him either. So, and I, I like what he had to offer in training camp. I mean, development camp. 
Um, yeah. He looks good. It's good. Yep. So we got about ten minutes left. Anything you you want to touch on or? Uh, not really. Um. Oh, what was it? Uh, I had something to say and I totally forgot about it. But um. Oh yeah. The, I'd seen a thing the other day. There's been quite a few articles about it recently about um the NHL talking about fighting in the league and whether it should be allowed and whether it should be taken away good topic Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get across your idea first like what what do you think about fighting in the league and should it should it still be allowed well I I'm gonna say yes it should be allowed and I understand that people get hurt and I understand that people are suffering from inju- uh, long-term injuries such as CTE and, you know, it's d- depression, suicidal. And, you know, it, we've seen it in the, in the past. I don't want to see it out of the game. But what I do want to see out of the game is the staged fights. And yeah. what I also want to see out of the game and... Bruins fans are probably going to hate me for saying this, but you know, is is the role of the enforcer? Now, yeah, our enforcer is Adam McQuaid, and there might be, but he brings a lot of other sometimes good things to the table. I want to see the player like a Sean Thornton, who was formerly of the, of the Boston Bruins. I want to see his role gone from the NHL. There's no, yeah. there's no reason to have him around. If you cannot draft, sign, or acquire by any means a player that is going to come in and be your enforcer that doesn't have other aspects of his game, don't bother. There's no need for a five-minute player in this league anymore that's going to waste a roster spot for a kid that's trying to get to the NHL and should have that spot over him. Now, that's the way I take the whole angle. I don't want to see it leave the game. I just don't want to see a roster spot being taken away for something that, you know, you're playing the Canadians. Oh, okay. Here's your five minutes. Go out there and start it, and then, bam, it's done. We don't see you again. Yeah. I, I just don't like that. Well, I'm on the same lines as you. You want? I want to see four lines of skill and speed. Like, I want to see four lines of guys who can score. I don't want to see a Zach Ronaldo on the team. I don't want to see anything like that. I don't think... I think it was stupid bringing Zach Ronaldo in. I don't think he even stepped up and did, like, the job that he was there to do. Mm-hmm. There were times where players got hit. And at the time that you should fight, the time that you should step up and stick up for your teammates, he didn't. So, I think that type of player needs to be gone. But like you said, a guy like Adam McQuaid who protects his team when it's needed, a guy like Kevin Miller who does the same thing and steps up and fights when it's needed. Yep. I, I'm all for that in the game. I think that's it, it's one of the most exciting parts of the game when you see a bad hit and like as a fan you react to it and you you think, oh, I'd, I'd beat the shit out of him if I was there. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd pin that guy against the glass and beat him, and then you see someone like Kevin Miller come over, or Zidane Ochara, or another big guy, and they come over and they take take care of the problem. Like 
that's one of the more exciting well one of the most exciting things during a game that you can see so i definitely think that fighting should still be a part of the league and i think it always will be a part because i don't think you can take that mentality out of the game because i think it's just it's part of the game now you can't take it away well it'll, it'll happen even if it even if you even if you ban it and say right you're gonna get what they're gonna say you're gonna get a penalty for that yeah. Or you're going to get kicked out of the game. Players are still going to do it. Now, if, if so. you're looking at an NHL liability level, I believe that this is coming from them. I believe yes. that there's a lot of people that are, are filing lawsuits that played those roles back in the day that weren't taken care of properly. And they you know, yeah. they want what's owed to them. And the NHL is, is fighting a, a, a long battle with that. And I, I hope these people get the help that they need. I hope they get whatever they need. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, this isn't going to be a, a, a very pretty thing in the future. You know, I, I it's almost, I've, I've also heard so many conversations about, you know, how about we do it like the Europeans do. You know, if you get into a fight, you're automatically out of the game. Oh, no. You know, That's... I don't want to see that. No. Because then no. you're going to get those guys that come in there for the first... You're going to do a face-off, and then, bam, he's gone. What, what a waste. Yeah, set, and they're going to the do tone. it as a tac- yeah, tactical thing to take players out of the game. Yep. And it's, it's just... It's not worth it. Just It works as it is now. Exactly. But at the same time, I like you said, I, I don't want to see roster spots taken up on the Bruins team. I'll happily let another team do it. Like yeah. let let the let Ottawa have a guy like Chris Neal. I don't care. Yep. Like we've got guys that will stick like stand up to him anyway. So I mean, but on your forward core, I think it definitely should be four lines of skill and speed. There's a lot of people, and and and, and um, especially on Facebook uh, recently within the past week, uh, a lot of people that are pissed off at the NHL is like going th- this way, and I, I yeah. don't believe they understand the full extent of people getting hurt and what they're doing to themselves i think that they just they they find it exciting and you know i mean i find it exciting too but there's a lot like i just keep thinking of like Derek bugard and all these guys that were forced out of the league you know that i mean you don't you don't see colton or making a career anymore as a as an enforcer these guys are you're not going to see sean thornton much longer you know, yep. I mean, he, these guys are just being slowly pushed out. So, you know, I think people need to adjust to that and move forward instead of complaining about it. Definitely. But, well, that's all I got. Yeah. We're about an been, hour. Yeah, been another quick hour again. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we were going to have a guest today. Um we we're going to have a good friend of mine, Joe Gill, and he, he's part of another uh, Bruins Beat podcast. And those guys do a really good job, and I suggest you listen to those guys too. But um, unfortunately, I am not a Patriots fan anymore. I got kind of uh, bored and worn out with uh, everything, you know, from f- deflate footballs to recording this and blah, blah, blah. So it's too much drama for me, but uh, our 3 o'clock record time on Sundays is really right smack in the middle of a uh, Patriots game. So we hope to get Joe on yeah. sometime soon. 
But uh, no, yep. it's good. It's good to get back to one on one and. Oh yeah, it's been thought. a few weeks. Yeah, we're gonna have more guests. I, I I like having the guests. I like getting different perspectives. You know. Yeah, definitely. So, but uh, again, thank you everybody for the well w- birthday wishes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Black and Gold two seven seven. Rob, you can be found at. Uh, Rob Forty uh, Bruins, Rob. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm on Facebook also. So, and uh, if you again, like you heard at the beginning of the show, if you liked it, uh, please go to your podcatcher that you use and give us a rating and uh, a comment, if you would please. We got a couple of those that I forgot to get notes on, but I will mention them in next week's episode. Yeah, sweet. All right. And a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you next week, Rob. Yeah. Take care. And Don't have a great rest of your birthday. I am. My, my wife, Courtney, is making me a, a, a beautiful ham dinner. So I'm going to sit down and eat well, that shortly after this and prepare for another lovely week of work. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big fun. It won't be long till I'm in work anyway. So. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Yeah, see you all soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. Yeah.